Last episode, we talked about the first half of the book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, by Colm Kelleher, describing the events that transpired during the time when the Sherman family owned the ranch, as well as some of the early events encountered by the NIDS team when they investigated the ranch. In our third and final episode on Skinwalker Ranch, we will finish our coverage of the NIDS investigation, and we'll go over the possibilities Kelleher puts forward to explain the bizarre phenomena on Skinwalker Ranch. I'm Wes. And I'm Jake. And welcome to the Half Talentless Podcast. You silence what, your phone, I right? I don't want to hear any fucking weird no. notifications during this. Why? Because I... I hate you. Alright. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, you said you said you wanted to put some small talk at the beginning of this one? I didn't say I wanted to. I asked you if we should. I know how long right. it's going to be. Did you see Andor came out? I did see that. I haven't actually seen it yet. I haven't gotten around to watching it. I haven't had a chance um, to. I'm going to watch after this. You're not going to play, like, Fortnite after this? I'll play Fortnite after this, and I'll watch Andor after that. Okay. You should get Billy on. Yeah, uh, we should. Real quick, I'm going to fix something. All right, I fixed it. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, should we, uh, should we get into it, or more small talk? I have no more small talk, so let's get into it. I mean, we we have a Facebook page now for anyone who for anyone who uh who maybe oh do we? Why don't you put that on RSS? Oh, I didn't put it on RSS. Yeah, I know you damn well didn't. I didn't see it. <laughs> I will do that tonight. <laughs> I'm so now, well, dumb. it shows up on Spotify. We do that, right? And Apple Podcasts should, yeah. and it everywhere else. Do that. And Audible. Okay. Apparently, which All I'm right. still not over. Oh, we're on Audible. Check us out on Audible. Yeah, I mean, that's not a free plug. Never mind. Yeah. Don't do that. Really, what you should do is you should recommend us to all your friends and give us good reviews if if you can leave reviews, depending on what you're listening on. And uh, also engage with us on you know Facebook or or Twitter now because we have Facebook. Um, and then yeah. Pass the old, uh, pass the old podcast names through the, uh... like Wes, for example. I've never yeah. heard of him. We're still, we're still working on this. We're still working shopping this whole me Wes partnership thing. You know, I'm still not sold on him as a. If you want to do the, if honest. you want to do the the quarter talentless podcast, have fun, buddy. But I'm taking the rights for at least half of this shit. Dude, we haven't, we haven't. I probably shouldn't say this 
on air, but we don't have any rights yet. Whoa, whoa, hey, 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 whoa, 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 not audible. Talk through your friends. The old mouth to ass connection. You know, pass the we word have, through. We have gotten a few listeners that way. Um, yeah. At least from what I've heard. Um, That's how I do most of my conversing. Just plug in your own podcast. Yeah. You know, Wes. I mean, you know, what, you know what the crazy thing is? We're recording this at like a what? normal time at night. I've been awake for twelve hours. I know. Same, dude. I've been awake for for forever because I'd wake up early yeah. today. I'm tired. I'm tired as shit. Too. This is bullshit. It's crazy. I didn't even nap. Ugh. Uh, neither did I. I didn't either. It's not even nine o'clock yet. This is sad. Sad day. I feel like a sad old man. You are a sad old man. Yeah. Oh well. All right. Should we get into it? Um, if you say so. Okay. Sorry, I know that probably makes a noise when I do that. What makes a noise? <clears throat> I didn't hear anything. I had to press the the keyboard, the mouse, the pad. Oh, okay. Whatever, man. Uh, okay. So, last last week we, we left off with the with the dog uh, kind of pens or kennels or whatever, enclosures, really, and how they were yeah, kind of I, pulled Yeah, that was the sad activity. shit. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. None All the, the dogs, dogs were getting murdered and shit like that. I Not those see. dogs, but like 16 dogs, other dogs yeah. before them. <laughs> Quite a few dogs, actually. Yeah. They it's had not, had, like, I'm convinced on <laughs> that one of the Shermans might have just been a serial killer this whole time. Um, If I had to guess, considering Colm Kelleher called Terry Sherman's son Tad in the book... That's a serial killer name. Right oh, there. yeah. Maybe Colm knew something yep. he didn't. That's his real name. He changed it. He no, <laughs> changed no. it after after, after the book exposed him so much. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, after that, one night, Colm and uh, the NIDS physicist, who I have since actually learned may have been a Dr. Eric Davis. I'm not sure. But he's a physicist who worked at NIDS around Might the same have been. time. I can't confirm it because I haven't. Every time I look up Nids physicists Skinwalker Ranch, I get Eric Davis, and it. But it doesn't explicitly. Just say it with confidence. People believe right, us. You know what? Eric Davis. So Colm and Eric were stationed on the old homestead, watching one of the pastures. They had been told that the night before, the Canadian investigator, because they had a bunch of investigators with them, had captured an image of an unexplained. One was Canadian. Yeah, one of them was Canadian. That's an awful idea. Uh, you know what? I, I anyway. was going to be like, you should elaborate. But then I was like, nope, actually, for your sake, you should not elaborate. All right. So, Are you sure? I, I don't mind. Please don't. Um, so uh, they had been told that the Canadian investigator had captured an image of an unexplained light in the sky from that location. So they were positioned there with the physicist holding a pair of night vision <clears throat> goggles. There were two other investigators on the other side of the property, and they also had night vision binoculars. As they watched, a blue orb about the size of a basketball, probably a little smaller, appeared but disappeared again as soon as Colm tried to capture it on video. This is not the first time they've seen these orbs. If this is your first episode you're listening to, yeah. uh, a more detailed description happens in, in the last episode. Go listen in order, asshats. Yeah. Well, there were a lot of people who listened to Ripper Part 3 and not 1 and 2. 
Like that's Rip different, Jake. That is different, and you most... know it. Okay. Anyway, there's a reason so, for that. You know it. Stop. I, stop yeah. trying to like bait fans. All right. I'm just saying it would be it would be nice. I mean, what did how, how, uh, it was? Uh, it was David Cohen, by the way. Just in case you were David wondering, Cohen. David Cohen. That's who the Save Ripper was. Time. Fucking David Listen Cohen. Other fun I say it all like, the time, but legends, it's just local true. Legends is probably like our least listened to episode. I think. I guess it's just ass then. It's been out for a while. Well, goddamn, it <clears throat> You wrote that episode. I like that episode. I was thinking of doing another. Whatever. All right. So. Well, we can do more. I'm, I'm just saying. You know, maybe you should work on your penmanship or something. I don't know. My penmanship, Wes. Not all of us go to fucking. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was gonna bring Reddit into this. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah, you watch what you say, buddy. <laughs> you know what episode is the best by far? Our fucking Reddit episode. God, I hate <laughs> you so much. I hate how our fans reward I, your bad wrong? behavior. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, uh, they turned on an ultra-powerful spotlight they had brought with them and scanned the entire pasture but saw nothing. Uh, they returned to their original spot, and they started scanning the surroundings with their respective equipment. Uh, Eric, the physicist, was looking at the tree line about 200 yards away with his night vision binoculars when he suddenly said, Jesus, there's a huge black thing in the trees just in front of us, and it's moving north. End quote. They had dogs with them, and the dogs were also staring direct... Stop it. <laughs> and the dogs were also staring directly what? at the spot. The physicist... You breathed heavily, and you know why. Anyway, I have allergies, Jake. They've been bugging me all day. Uh-huh. They had dogs with them, and the dogs were also staring directly at the spot the physicist was indicating. Cohn was attempting to take pictures with his manual camera. The physicist said, quote, It is big, and I'm not sure if it is in the trees or behind the trees. It is blocking out the stars, end quote. Every time Cohn tried to look at it with his Damn. eyes, he was unable to see anything as it was too dark, so he continued trying to take a photo. The physicist said, quote, it's still moving. And from here, I will quote the book directly. <clears throat> and I quote, then all of a sudden, quote, it's got me, he yelled, quote, it's saying we are watching you, end quote. Then there was silence. I kept taking increasingly long exposures to try to catch whatever he was talking about. I could not see what was causing him such intense anxiety. My colleague's frank, frantic actions and the tone of voice increased my adrenaline. I knew that if something out there in the dead of night wanted to harm us, we were sitting ducks. Then he said, it's getting smaller. Then it's gone. Over and over, he kept muttering, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. So, end quote. So when Combe asked him what happened, the physicist Eric said, quote, Something big was in the trees just in front of us. It blotted out all the stars through the binoculars. It took control of my mind. It told me it was watching us. So Combe notes in the book that the, that the physicist was not, quote, prone to sudden flights of imagination, basically saying he doesn't think he's making this up. So they say in the area yep, from I'm going to nope the fuck out of here on that one. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. So they stayed in the area for another 45 minutes or so until they eventually headed back. Nid spent the next summer heavily investigating that area of the ranch and saw many lights that would appear and then reappear almost as if it were playing with them. At the end of August 1997, 
Terry had had some trouble with his cows, as they had been nervous for days, when they suddenly stampeded around 4 p.m. He spent hours trying to get them back to the ranch, but every time they would get close, something would startle the cows and they would run the other way again. At around midnight, he decided to take them a different way that would take them near a creek. As he was riding in the direction of the creek, a golf ball-sized red orb suddenly flew up from the creek and shot right past his horse's head. Soon after he noticed another of those red orbs terrorizing sorry, soon after he noticed another one of those orbs terrorizing one of his cows. So Terry and his son. That's a reoccurring theme we hear, right? Which one is? Sorry, I, I wanted to go back a little bit, but I um, I didn't want to stop you because it it shit's just so interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a reoccurring theme of these orbs quote playing with them or messing with them. Yeah, it's just really it's really <laughs> weird and eerie. It is. It should be noticed. This is the first time. And I will note that later. This is the first time he actually mentions any golf ball-sized red orbs. Um, <coughs> typically, any orbs that are seen are blue. Um, so it's it's interesting. Mm -hmm. These are with the weird different. liquid in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So soon after, he noticed another of these those red orbs terrorizing one of his cows. Terry and his son organized the cows again, and were about to herd them away from the area when a red orb shot toward his horse. His horse stampeded toward the creek with him on it. I should mention it is about a 20-foot drop into the creek. Terry jumped off just in time, and when his horse landed, it was without obvious injury. It took him a while to get back on his horse, and in the meantime, multiple red orbs were among the cattle, seeming to drive them toward the creek. Terry and his son could not stop the animals, and there was a massive pileup. They got what animals that were uninjured back to the ranch and came back for the injured ones. By this time, it was about 2 a.m., and Gwen had showed up in the truck. Terry got in the truck and looked back at his son, who was still by the fence, when Gwen suddenly nudged Terry and pointed above their son's head. About ten feet above his head, a red orb was silently hovering. Gwen screamed at their son, and the orb suddenly shot towards the truck, flying low to the ground. Before it hit the truck, it accelerated upward, missing the truck by a few feet, and then vanishing into the sky. Their son later said that he had no idea it was above him, and only that he felt like he was being watched. Jake, I don't know if I mentioned this yet, but um, nope, nope, and nope, <laughs> just nope, nope, a fuck right out of there, nope, of nope I don't know why they're yet? still there. No, no, I've been busy. Makes me mad, I want to see it. I also want to see Barbarian, that looks really good. Barbarian, which one's Barbarian? Is that the new... Oh, dude, it's a horror movie out right now. Okay, yeah. we should go, we should go Shane see Shane said it's really good. Um, yeah, yeah, next time you're down here. Okay, cool, all right. I, I'll be back like end of end of September. Like, uh, is that your, the next uh, weekend you'll be down? It'll be like the thirtieth. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, that works. Because Grandma needed help. Remember. Anyway. Uh, no, um, no one tells me these things. Anyway. You were absolutely okay. Whatever. A few minutes later, Terry left to check some irrigation gates, and when he returned five minutes later, Gwen pointed towards the homestead where he saw one of the blue orbs floating there, seeming to watch them. Suddenly, it darted behind the homestead and out of their sight. <clears throat> they went home. This was the first time Terry saw those red orbs, and also the last. <laughs> I can hear mom. Should we, do we need to can you that? hear mom? I can hear mom, yeah. Did can you hear no, no, it's fine. Mom's watching wrestling. I just, I wasn't sure if you could hear that or not. I absolutely, it's clear as day. Like, I could make oh, it. Yeah. yeah do, do you think we need to edit that? 
I swear I wasn't. Dude, this is like okay. legitimately is one when I was talking about last week, this is legitimately one of the scariest stories I've ever heard in my entire life, and I fully yeah. believe this. Okay. Ready? That's what happened. Yeah, and it's God. lurking around here somewhere. Jim felt a chill. I only saw the yellow light, he said doubtfully. Are you sure? Jesus Christ, of course I'm sure, Mike replied. The night vision turned the light into a 3D tunnel, and a large creature, I'm thinking maybe 400 pounds, at least 6 feet tall, just crawled out of the damn tunnel. Mike was sweating profusely and still breathing quickly, but he seemed to be regaining control over himself. Jim looked carefully around and motioned Mike to be quiet. Carefully, they listened for any noise of displaced stones that might indicate something climbing up the cliff in the darkness. By that time, the yellow light had gradually faded and was no longer visible. Only a deep silence remained. Nothing seemed to move. Even the distant coyotes had stopped howling. About 15 minutes later, they made their way down to measure the magnetic signature of the area. Once they got near the area where the light had been, they noticed a sulfur smell that filled the air, a smell that they were familiar with at this point. I'm not quoting the book anymore, by the way. Even the distant coyotes that stopped howling was the yeah. in the book. So uh, they, they checked for radiation or magnetic fields and found nothing out of the ordinary. And the next day, the area was checked for footprints and none were found. The photos were disappointing, as only one of them showed a faint yellow light in the middle of the photo, and the others showed nothing at all. Um, so yeah. That encounter right there... Dude, uh, like, no joke. wild. I... Yeah, no, I... Like I said, I fully believe a majority of the story that counter in, uh, encounter included. That is probably one of the most terrifying, like, chilling stories I've ever heard. Because imagine being there, like, trying to put myself in that scenario... I almost picture, like, almost like the Demogorgon now after seeing Stranger Things, but not quite. But just imagine a giant creature crawling through a tunnel. You're in the darkness. You know you saw it. Now you know it's out there lurking somewhere. So and you're out in the darkness alone with it. That's yeah. terrifying. He described it as, like, it was on its, like, elbows and knees and was, like, army crawling through. And, like, just yeah. kind of the, like... I don't, I don't want to say, like, the kind of animalistic kind of crawling, but it does feel kind of like... Like, if, if, if a big creature had walked through a portal, I'd be like, okay, that's that's spoopy. <clears throat> but, like, a big creature No, this fucker had to crawl through it because it was a small a tunnel. Oh, forcing fuck its way through no. a tunnel. Are you uh -uh. fucking kidding? Oh, I just... Nope. What the I told you. I How many times have I said it, Jake? I'm noping the fuck <laughs> out of here. Yeah, dude. It's not happening. I'm, I'm shitting myself. <laughs> like... Whew. I'm right. like I told you. I believe a good bit of this story that included. That is yeah. If you terrifying. believe that part of the story, I I read this the first time. I was like, how do I how am I how do I go to sleep at night? And I didn't. I didn't sleep that. Night. I know, right, dude? I'm telling you, like I I can't help but imagine what if I'm out in the wilderness one night and I see a fucking portal. Like, I, that doesn't even have to crawl out. Knowing it could, uh-uh. I'm just like, dude, I am fetal position accepting death. I, I'm, yeah, I'm I done. I, at that point, I'd, I'd be, I'd be, like, running at the very least. Um, no, yeah, so, I can't. I'm not even, I mean, I'm not giving it the thrill of the hunt. I'm crawling into a wall <laughs> and I'm crying. That's the thrill I have of the no hunt. shame saying that. Okay. That is I absolutely know. true. Okay. So. Uh, the next couple of chapters go into some other locations around the world where there is a lot of unusual activity, kind of hot spots, much like um, Skinwalker mm -hmm. Ranch seems to be. 
Uh, we will probably look into some of these in the future. Like the stories are very interesting. There's been books written about them. Uh, if we want to do episodes on them in the future, I would 100% be up for that. Um, so teaser. Yeah, a little, little teaser. There are a lot of like reading this book. He mentions like a, he goes into a lot of like side tangents about things he thinks might be related. <clears throat> there are a few that I want to cover, like quite a few. Um, so yeah. So, in July 1997, NIDS installed some cameras to monitor a specific portion of the ranch. These cameras picked up nothing for about a year. Then, on July 20th, 1998, Terry noticed that three of the cameras had stopped recording. When he checked them, he found that the wiring on the three cameras had been ripped out. He called NIDS, and they checked the damage to find that the wiring had been ripped out of the and the cameras, and the duct tape separating and bundling uh -uh. the wires for each camera had been unwound completely and was nowhere nope. to be found. Now, nope. I'd like I'm to done. point out, I'd like to point out, these cameras, the wires were wrapped in duct tape. That duct tape was sitting there for over a year, during no, which time you. there were storms, there was hot summer days. You mean to tell me that fucking duct tape's coming off? Uh-uh. I, I do not believe no, that duct and, tape is coming and, off oh, without mm -mm. a sheer amount of force. So. Nope. Nope. Also, to any of you out there who are thinking, man, you know, all this, like you're working hard, maybe you're at the gym and you're thinking, man, this, this hard work isn't paying off at all. Give it a year. Something will come and rip all of that hard work out of the ground, quite literally, and the duct tape holding it down. This was an analogy going somewhere, but I'm just sidetracked by yeah, how like, fucking horrifying this is. <laughs> it was going somewhere and I Wes, forgot. It's going to get worse. Get ready. Okay. So they examined what? the recordings to see when they went offline and found that the cameras had all gone offline almost simultaneously at around 8.30 the previous night. They realized that another camera had been pointed at these cameras, and when they <laughs> checked this other camera, they saw nothing out mm -mm. of the ordinary. So the, the footage wasn't particularly great quality, and by that I mean, like, you wouldn't be able to see the, the wiring itself or even the red lights on the side of the camera uh, very well. It would all be, like, it didn't have the resolution for that. Um, but you would have been able to see if there was someone there and there wasn't. Um, so they realized, um, sorry, I, I just reread something. So when the footage was enhanced, they saw the red lights on the cameras go out almost simultaneously with no sign of what might've caused it. They couldn't see the wires though. I don't, from, I, from the camera. They couldn't specifically nope. see the wires. Please, please no. Okay. Uh, so we're going to get into what is probably, I think, the last major sighting on the on the, the ranch. So, in April of 1999, Terry was driving along the path to the homestead mm -hmm. with Gwen when Gwen pointed out something unusual by the corral. He looked and saw that there was a huge dust cloud in the corral where the horses were. As they got closer, <clears throat> Terry could see the horses were moving around the corral a lot, and there seemed to be a reddish-brown blur moving around the corral with them. His first thought was that there was probably a dog in there with them chasing them. As they got closer, Gwen said, quote, <laughs> That is no dog. When they were close enough, Terry could tell that it was a huge, heavily-muscled animal with short legs, what looked like the body of a hyena and a bushy tail. Terry said, quote, What the hell is that? And watched as the animal seemed to bite at the legs. We've heard this before. Yeah. So, Terry described the animals having the tail of a fox, the body of a hyena, the legs of a boar, and the head of a dog. It had a reddish color that he described as, mm -mm. quote, all wrong, and he estimated it weighed about 200 pounds. 
Terry immediately got out of the truck and ran toward it. As he did, it stopped to look at him and then Whoa, ran away. Whoa, hey. Whoa, hey, what? I give him credit. That's that's pretty badass. I didn't, like. Well, dude, he, I was like, expecting to hear, oh, and the next Terry got like, mauled to death. This whole story, Terry's doing like badass shit. Like when that wolf first showed up, him and his He's doing son the craziest were just shit. It in the ribs, like, and like, yeah. <laughs> and then the he was crawling around describe... on his stomach in the middle of his ranch. Unironically, the only thing I've I've seen him actively seem to fear in this book is the blue orbs. He's he, he's like yeah. he's really wary of the blue orbs, but everything else he's like fuck around and find out. Um, yeah, really. So this guy's got he, a problem, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he chased it until he got to the corral, at which point it had gotten through the bars easily, easily and was about 50 yards away from him. As he watched, it seemed to disappear, even though it was in open ground. He made his way to the spot where it had disappeared and noticed a smell that he described as wet dog. When he made his way back to the horses, mm. he noticed some slight injuries to their legs, but he was of the belief that the animal had not really been trying to hurt the, hurt the horses, and if it had, that it could have easily. So there were a few other sightings of this animal after 1999, all of which matched Terry's description. I think one of them was by one of the workers on the ranch. Um, I don't remember what the other one was by. I could check, but I really don't want to. Um, <clears throat> no, that's all right. I believe you. So there were other sightings of weird animals around the ranch. Uh, the most notable one is uh, in October of 1998, when a couple were driving about three miles from the ranch when the wife noticed a dark humanoid figure running at an incredible rate in the direction of the ranch through a field next to the road. This figure was described as running at the rate of an Olympic sprinter for hundreds of yards. Um, yeah. So imagine, Wes, being one of the NIDS investigators on the ranch, right? You've, I don't want to. I really don't want to. But, like, imagine being Mike who saw that creature crawl through, like, a wormhole, right? Well, sorry. We don't know it's a wormhole. I've tried, Jake. It haunts my dreams. Right. But imagine you're him, and then you find out, like, later that uh, one of the times when you were on the ranch without you knowing, that thing was running towards you. Mm-mm. <laughs> right? no, I'm good. I'm right? good. <laughs> like, I'm good. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, as time went on, Holy shit. activity in the ranch happened less and less often. Until by the time Colm Kelleher left NIDS in 2004, it had been years since anything of note had happened on the ranch. So, Colm Damn. notes in the book that when NIDS first got to the ranch, Terry warned them not to be too heavy-handed with both technology and observation. Um... Combe also considers the possibility that they were, in fact, too heavy-handed, and he considers that the phenomenon might have been intelligent and that their approach had scared it off. So with the end of the activity in the book, we get to the beginning of the theories. I would just like to point out before we do that, uh, I think there is something to what Terry had said, because when when Terry was there Absolutely. and he, it seemed like he was the one getting terrorized, the activity was way more prominent for way longer. Um, but yeah. When Nids was there, and Nids was the one, when the hunter became the hunted, you saw less activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Wes, do you want to get into some of the theories as to what, what may be the, the source of the Skinwalker Ranch phenomenon? I don't know. I mean, I kind of do, but at the same time, listen, we just talked about it a second ago, but if it was intelligent, and that large creature included... 
I don't know if I want to know this, Jake. Don't don't give my brain ideas. You know the intrusive thoughts are bad enough already. You don't need to add fire. You know, fuel Less, the fire. I told you when I got done reading this book, I could not sleep. <laughs> All right, let's fine. Let's do it. Okay. So the first one that the book considers is that it could have been a hoax. So there's always the possibility that this was a hoax. Um, so while there is the fact that Nids cannot confirm what happened before they got there, Colm does not believe that Terry lied to him. Uh, Colm really goes to bat for Terry in this book. Um, because he, he describes Terry as, you know, somebody who doesn't want the media attention. Um, he, he really seems to believe what Terry and the Shermans told him. Uh, he also points out that there's no logical way for the Shermans to fake the encounters that Nids witnessed themselves. And that he believes that it, his personal belief is that it's not a hoax. Um, yeah, I mean, Terry was not a man of technology as we've seen, so I, I'm not entirely sure how they would I expect him I don't to see fake Terry half this shit. Perpetrating a hoax where he fools nids. Um, Why he would even want to has there's no reasoning just, behind it. Like the way it he's really described just... in the book, he doesn't seem like a media a media craving type person. Like I, I don't think he would he would have a reason to make this hoax. It seems like yeah. he just wanted to own this ranch, and then he got scared off of it by. Well, he didn't get scared off of it, but he, he got terrorized there, and his family was like, we gotta leave. And so he did. Um, yeah, if I, I mean, if I was his son, I'd be like, fuck you, asshole. Why didn't we move out day you one? Can, What's wrong with you? You can see that, like, we, Terry we gets really distraught by some of the happenings at the ranch. Like, yeah, when, when he I don't blame in, him. When he called in Nids for that mutilation, um, that the vet said was that the two vets disagreed about you remember that one where the older vet was like no it's it's a predator yes, and the younger vet was like no i, I do don't remember think. that one well in the book um you can see that it really like the way comb writes it it seems like it really affected terry because comb literally writes that like terry tries to joke about it and can't terry like and yeah. it's kind of funny he says like at one point he says that uh, Terry tried to jokingly mention that it could have been a coyote with a scalpel, um, which is pretty funny. But it seems it like, he, it joke, seems like he kind of gave up on that joke really quickly. It seemed very half-hearted by the way it was described in the book, and it like it seems like it really got to him. So I don't, I just don't see it being a hoax, especially considering Jake, he really comes I off just, like a just dick in the story about his nephew. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Dude, hearing the way that Terry is described through a majority of the book, I don't understand how anybody could sit there and be like, no, I feel like this is hoax. Terry seems like the kind of guy who would, like, just is looking for a reason to fuck somebody up. Yeah. And, and to, like, to have Nids in there, to hear what Nids saw. Oh, uh, no. Nope. I'm yeah, good. Yeah, I think. I'm good. Think Nids as a whole is a very credible organization. Like,. I mean, I, he, they, uh, Comb really gets into it in the book. There was a whole, like, scientific advisory council they had of, like, people who did not go to Skinwalker Ranch but were, like, they were the, the people in charge of examining the results so they would be unbiased because uh -huh. they weren't there. Yeah, they had no stake it. in it. Um, yeah. And a lot of the times, like, <clears throat> Nids will get this to have this encounter and they'll tell they'll tell this council about it and the council's like, yeah, but it happened for like 30 seconds and we have no evidence as to what it could be. It's it's useless. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a lot of what we saw. Like, it was all very, as as Colm says, very transient and 
I just I don't see them making this up. Yeah, if um, I was like that Mike guy per se, I'd tell them to go fuck themselves because, you know, I saw that shit. It's horrifying, and oh god, I can't I can't stop but go back to the the husband like the couple that saw it run. Oh god, dude, right? it's terrifying. Fucking terrifying. So, oh my god. So, should we get into the next the next potential explanation for this? Uh, well, here now we're getting into like the actual, the actual uh, phenomenon theory, theory is, not just like hope. Actual, so, yeah, it's not just 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 waving it away as it uh, You ready? All right. Okay. Sure. So, Tom specifically, very in depth, looks at the possibility that it could have been the result of delusions. So he notes in the book that it, it was suggested at multiple points throughout the investigation that NIDS implement methods to ensure that they were not just delusional. But he notes that this never happens. That included like psychological screening, um, doing like personality tests to see if anyone was more susceptible to delusions, checking for like fugue states or like psychotic episodes. But uh, there would always be talk of this and it would never get off the ground. Um, Honestly, I feel like Terry's whole fucking life is a psychotic episode. Have you not? Have we? Have we not been talking about the way he reacts to some of this shit? Terry's Terry's a different breed, man. He absolutely, Terry's... yeah. He absolutely needs a, a, a test, some sort of put test reverse, to, Terry. To, to, to see. Put it reverse, put Terry. Put it reverse, Terry. Yo, Terry, back it up, Terry. <laughs> oh anyway. my god, he's insane. Anyway, so. Uh... <clears throat> He, he That's does an interesting theory, though. That, I'm not going to lie. Well, he mentions that he doesn't think it's likely that, it, that like, events that were uh, witnessed by multiple people and corroborated by multiple people, he doesn't think those are likely to be delusions. But the events were only one Oh, I don't believe it. I'm just saying I think could it's potentially interesting. Be, like, you could make the argument that they were the result of delusions. This is also not what Cohn believes. Um, but he puts more weight in this than I think than, in, than the Hopes one. Um yeah, yeah. So, fair enough. The third one is nature. Um, for this one, is going to be a little bit, a little bit more of a direct quote. I'm going to quote the book. Directly. You're going to have to. Yeah, I was going to say you're going to have to elaborate a slight bit on that, buddy. So, uh, Cohn talks about a lot in the book about what natural occurrences could uh, account for what was witnessed at the ranch, and uh, one thing he brings up is tectonic strain theory, or in particular, earthquake lights. So that might explain some of the orbs they saw because that is a phenomenon that people often report uh, that after an earthquake they see lights or orbs in the sky. Um, so is that not just aliens come to check out like to see if we finally blew ourselves up? Uh, well, you'll, you'll see. So he includes this passage in the book. The TST, or tectonic strain theory, holds that electromagnetic energy released from seismic stress sometimes manifests as light, the so-called earthquake lights, and also may in interact with the human brain, perhaps as VLF, very low frequency, or ULF, ultra low frequency, radiation to cause hallucinations, particularly in the temporal lobe. The former, quote, direct effect of earthquake lights has been seen and reported in conjunction with and in the vicinity of seismic activity, but the latter theory of an effect on the brain is little more than informed speculation. Persinger and Dare have invoked the TST to explain the long history of UFO activity in the Uintah Basin. Therefore, the events of the Utah Ranch provided an excellent opportunity to test the TST. 
Nitz attempted to correlate the timing and locations of seismic activity using both United States Geological Survey and Utah State University seismic databases in a 300-kilometer radius of the ranch over a 10-year period with events reported by both the Gormans and Nids investigators. So, the, by the way, the Gormans is the book's name for the Shermans because he tried to hide their identity, but, you know, the media. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's actually the Shermans. I'm going to try to filter that out from that one. My bad. Um, but we found no such temporal or geographical correlations. We also looked at a number of other possible environmental variables, such as the possibility of ingested hallucinogens. But we found no correlation with local drinking water, since in most cases, NIDS researchers consumed only bottled water. A close study of the flora on the property also failed to reveal an abundance of plants known to contain psychoactive substances. In the event that hallucinogens may have been windborne, we examined local wind direction data for a period of 10 years and found no correlation with the timing of reports of anomalous, anomalous events at the ranch. Finally, we mapped magnetic field anomalies using published aeromagnetic surveys as well as taking dozens of field measurements of magnetic field flux on the ranch ourselves, not to mention gravitational and other incongruities around the Uintah Basin. But all these efforts failed to correlate with the events observed at the ranch. Do I need to? Do I need to? Okay, hold on. Translate that hold a little on. bit. Hold on. No, no, no. No, I got that. My question is, they went so far as to check wind patterns over a ten-year span, yet they didn't do any sort of psychological screening on them. Yeah. Again, I don't think it's. I don't think it's delusions. I feel like there's way too much going on for it to be delusions. But that just sounds like so not lazy, but kind of stupid right a little weird right yeah so i think the reason for that is because um the psychological testing would have had to have been done at the time like you would have had to be regularly testing people throughout um throughout the entire investigation they also briefly talked about potentially uh screening for like enhanced adrenaline during any encounters so basically people would be constantly monitored for their adrenaline yeah to but again, that didn't that didn't happen. I would. I think because that would have been a logistical That's a, nightmare. Oh. I'm not, like I'm not saying they shouldn't have done it because they absolutely should have. But that's something they would have had to have figured out beforehand or during. And I think the other stuff that they ruled out, they did afterwards. Look, that's, like, here's my problem very... with Nids. I like honestly, dude. I believe a lot of this story, but I have a real issue because I feel like they did a poor a piss poor job with investigating it and then we get stuck kind of like trying to piece together certain you know certain bits of information well, we, we because will talk about they didn't do some about, basic things we will talk about some things they maybe should have done um like comb specifically mentions like a different approach they should have taken that he believes they should have taken um but we'll we'll talk about that later um yeah i mean i'd listen to that guy he seems to know what he's doing comb i mean comb was yeah. one of the nids one of the nids scientists he was the one, he was with the guy who saw yeah, the but, thing behind the trees. Yeah, I know. And it just seems like every time Combs involved, when we're talking about the theory so far, he seems to be putting out, like, genuine smart ideas. Like, even looking at the idea of it being um, some sort of hallucination. But... I just, like, that's my issue. Is we get these really smart moments from Nids, and then we get these really dumb moments, too. Yeah, um, we do, it really is kind of a mixed bag with Nids sometimes. It seems like, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, Nids was kind of hamstrung by what 
or at least the NIDS investigators were hamstrung by what they were kind of told to do. And also the fact that they really went in not knowing a lot about the ranch. Like, uh, <clears throat> Colm says at one point that, like, they really underestimated a lot of what if Terry said before they started seeing it themselves. If they had gone in there, like, with a different mindset, I, I, I really think things would have gone different. And Terry the whole time was like, if you are, if you go, you know, too crazy with the, like, measuring and, and, uh, like, you know, uh, surveilling and, and, you know, if you bring too much technology in, he, he, he was like, you're gonna, you're gonna scare it off. And he was right. I, a yeah, I think right, he's right. Point. I think even Colm thinks he's I'm just, right. No, no, you're right. And we'll get into it. You're right. I just, I mean, look, I'm not a NIDS investigator. I should be because I feel like I've got a lot of smart <laughs> ideas compared to these fucking guys. Uh-huh. But I just, yeah, Wes, what are you gonna I don't do know. When, when, it's not when a fucking creature starts crawling out of a wormhole. You know, I already you, told you, you dude, it's fetal position and die. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm. I'm going to lay down and sacrifice myself because I want a quick death. <laughs> I'm nope. I'm done. Uh, okay. Nope. Never happening. Should See, that ever on? happens? Should we, what? Should we, if that ever happens, what? No, you know. What? Let's move on. I like. Yeah, let's move on. Good. <laughs> no, you. I'll leave that I, up I feel to. Like you were uh, going to say something gold. I probably wasn't. Okay. Whatever. I was just going to look. All right. Listen. If that ever happens, I'm going to do my absolute best to live just so I can go and, and say, like, tell people, hey, this happened. Have them not believe me. And then whenever all this shit happens, I'll be like, I can tell the entire world, I told you so. Wow, Alfred, I told you so, huh? Hey, okay. I'm petty. What can I say? All right, so the next, the next uh, theory that he brings up that Colm brings up is an advanced terrestrial civilization. I don't necessarily believe this one. Yep. We'll talk about it. So I'm quoting directly from the book. Quote, this hypothesis would have us believe that sometime in human history, maybe during the biblical era, during the middle ages, or even just prior to the Nazi era, an isolated group of humans gained, gained access to advanced technology and have controlled world human affairs for their own ends ever since. To cover their activities, these humans are said to engage in deceptive simulation simulations to persuade people that benign extraterrestrials are visiting Earth. Their presence on the Utah ranch would imply a covert program of unknown purpose, possibly a tiny but inscrutable part of a larger scheme fitting their overall global agenda. But if they are humans, they would still think mostly like us and make mistakes like us. Some puzzling lapses on the part of the phenomena, including several instances when Tom Gorman was apparently able to hide on the property while a bright light search for him, lend weight to such a hypothesis. This is the part in the book where he brings up the story of, of Tom hiding behind the hay bale to, like, hide from the bright light and then jumping out and yelling at it, and he really felt like uh-huh. he got the upper hand. Comb even mentions in the book that, uh, sorry, not Tom. Uh, well, the book calls him Tom. But Terry. it's actually Terry. <clears throat> Terry. Uh, Cole mentions in the book that Terry comes to <clears throat> think later. He considers the possibility that maybe it knew where he was the whole time and was just double fucking with him. He thought he was fucking with it, but it was actually fucking with his fucking with it. If that makes sense. Yeah, because that's how they're spending their time. Honestly, dude, it actually like, he brings as up I that said it that. almost seems yeah, like as it's I a said, I, I type that. entity. Um, so yeah. 
the next the next theory is that it's extraterrestrials. This one's fairly obvious. You've seen UFOs. So, some of I'm which... sorry. Can we go back for just a second? Let's yeah. uh, just going back. I'm sorry. Just slight rewind. Mm -hmm. You're really gonna hit us with the one world government and the dip, like. <laughs> yeah. So he, I, I think I, he's I, just I, trying to give that that theory. It's it's fair representation because that is something that that theory is often associated with but i don't think he actually believes that enough to really talk what about the that. ranch no he believes that uh like the the idea that human an advanced terrestrial civilization is often associated yeah. with like a black dark order government you know um yeah the illuminati is what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. so i think Colm, i'm just opining here i could be wrong but from what I can tell from the book, he really does include that. Opining. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, I'm opinion. I know what it is. I'm just okay. Look, hey. So. No need to flex with I, the vocab there, bud. I, I think he just included it because, to be fair to the theory, like you can't just say like there's an advanced terrestrial civilization because a core part of that theory is that. Um, <laughs> You could. Would, you could, yeah, but a core part of that theory is often that there is some sort of shadow government. So he includes that because that is part yeah. of the theory, but I don't think he actually believes it. Well, when the shadow government comes and, and kidnaps him, that's that's on him, man. He dug I that grave. I think he's still doing interviews, actually. I could be wrong. Hold on. Yeah, sure. He, as, we put, as I put that in quotes, he is doing interviews didn't we talk about the black eyed kids adults not too long ago jake uh, well i haven't seen his eyes recently wes but exactly he's hiding them he doesn't want you to see am um, i scaring you with my theory i'm sorry jake no shut up just stop talking i don't like you um all right Alright, I can't tell what he's doing recently, but it doesn't really matter. Um, so, next theory, should we move on? If you want to. Alright, so the next theory that he proposes in the book is extraterrestrials. This one's fairly obvious. They have seen UFOs, some of which fit the classic UFO description. Uh, you hear about all the time. And, you know, uh, he does mention that perhaps, like, the orbs they saw were probes, because a lot of, like, a lot of people who theorize about what alien civilizations would do often come to the conclusion that before they explore a world, they would send out probes. Um, this, the extraterrestrial theory by do. its nature, <clears throat> sorry, what? I was just saying, that's what I would do. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I'd right? probe everything. <laughs> Thank you, Wes. So, by the na very nature of the extraterrestrial theory, this one has no physical data to support it directly. That's just, that's just how... The idea that there are aliens, it's hard to get evidence for that. And he does mention that, like, people will come out every few years and say they found an alien artifact, and then that thing will get um, analyzed, and they'll find it's not extraterrestrial, it's from the Earth. Like, So he, he notes that the claim that something is extraterrestrial in nature is not only not supported, but often actively refuted. Um, <clears throat> yeah, sometimes it's just terrestrial. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, side note, he also mentions the ancient astronaut theory. He explains the basics and that there is no real data or concrete evidence to support that one either. I really don't feel like getting into whoa, this, whoa, whoa, but we whoa. can't. Can't just, 
Um, we're absolutely going to. You can't just say ancient astronaut. Come on, Giorgio, spill the beans. Okay, so the ancient astronaut theory basically posits that in throughout Earth's history, we have been visited multiple times by different alien civilizations, or maybe just one alien civilization. Oftentimes, ancient astronaut theory leads to the idea that the ancient depictions of gods, like the Greek gods, were actually just depictions of a higher extraterrestrial being, um, mm -hmm. or multiple, uh, and that they'll point to, quote, I'm quoting real hard here, like, air quotes, evidence, like, uh, some myths have weird uh, overlaps, like, they'll, two myths from all, you know, opposite sides of the world will have similar uh, ideas or events happen in them. I don't think that actually proves jack yeah. shit, but whatever. If you want to see more of this, watch it's History a Channel's solid Ancient argument. Aliens. It will brainwash the shit out of you. You will look like an idiot. Okay. Alright. I Look, hey, I'm not saying everything's aliens, but aliens. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, the next theory is uh, the military. So, this one is an interesting one. So, Cone <clears> talks <throat> a lot like this about one remote viewers and how the CIA had a remote viewing program. He also says that Nids talked to some remote viewers and one of them gave a detailed description of the ranch. One of them said that he believed a robotic drone carried out the mutila mutilation of that calf. You know, remember the one where the, uh, the leg bone was like separated at the socket? Um, oh, I thought we were talking about the prolapse anus. No. I think that one did also have- I'm still anus. mad that I didn't get my fucking joke out that last time. Uh, Damn it. Well, you gotta anyway, do it to me, Jake. So, he, he said that he believed a robotic drone carried out the mutilation, and that it was potentially of, quote, interdimensional origin, and that it was connected to the military. Mm -hmm. The book also says, and I'm mm -hmm. quoting directly, quote, a fourth remote viewing mm -hmm. exercise also suggested a military connection for the events at the ranch. Angela Thompson, a published author and trained remote viewer, teaches RV techniques to interested students in Boulder City, Nevada, <clears throat> RV being remote viewing. At our request, she asked her associates in the Nevada Remote Viewing Group to take a look at the Gorman Ranch, the Sherman Ranch, uh, although none but Thompson were given any information about the target. Thompson's group consists of remote viewers around the country. They offer their services to corporate clients, but also to humanitarian projects and law enforcement investigations. Five remote viewers agreed to participate and were given a random coordinate, SR110202. They were told that the target is the location and were asked to describe events that occurred at the location in July 1996. They were later asked to describe current activity at the location as well as activity five years hence. Needs received a report on their findings in January 2003. The overall impression of the group was that the location was the site of a military operation, an operation that most likely involved the U.S. Navy. One viewer described the Pentagon. Two perceived images of a Navy ship, perhaps an aircraft carrier, which was somehow linked <coughs> to the activity in Utah. The viewers saw armed men in military uniforms who wore dark sunglasses and sported navy tattoos. Remarkably, three of the five independently perceived a large grid, net, or honeycomb made up of sophisticated electronic equipment and wires that had been embedded in the ground. Most of the activity in the location, they said, was taking, out, taking place outdoors and at night. One viewer mentioned sparkling lights in a dark sky, something akin to a 4th of July display. Another perceived the presence of a humanoid with a long neck and large head who spoke a, quote, foreign language. Overall, they came away with the task with feelings of dread, nervousness, darkness, and death, which is consistent with the impressions of the previous remote viewers. Though it sounds far-fetched, 
the idea that some sort of military facility might be located in the underground had surfaced before. Terry Sherman and his family said they often heard the sounds of heavy machinery or metal equipment coming from under the earth. The fact that the previous owners had warned them to avoid any digging is a curious footnote to this scenario. Why give such a warning? End quote. No, I, I fully believe this, by the way. I think the idea that there's a secret CIA organization or project, I think that's that's true for 90% of our you know world. I, I Jake, there's probably one under our house right now. But uh, on top of that... Are you okay, bro? What? I just, I mean, like, you've gone uh, yeah, surprising off the deep end with this one. Well, here's the thing. If I get too in-depth with it in a realistic manner, I feel like I'm going to disappear with the ne- within the next few days. So I'm trying to be out as outlandish as possible, Jake. Well, before we do that, Colm also <clears throat> considers the possibility that this was some sort of disinformation campaign by the military. So he points out that uh, one of the... Hold on. He points out that... Uh, there has been someone who uh, who said that they were a former uh, official in the government, who at least claimed that they were, and uh, claimed that uh, one of the other hotspots that is mentioned in the book was actually a disinformation campaign by the government. Uh, now, obviously, that can't be huh. can't necessarily be proven, but. Um, yeah, or in 2005, retired AFOSI Special Agent Richard Doty broke his silence to publicly acknowledge being involved in several of these, quote, alien visitation operations. The most famous being the disinformation campaign to persuade Albuquerque physicist Paul Benowitz that an alien base existed in Dulce, New Mexico. Um, so it's described in detail in a book that we were probably going to cover later if I have my way. Um, so... People so Colm points I out that, maybe that this is another disinformation campaign. Um, so that would explain why there was just so much different various phenomena, and might um, it might just be created? It might just no. been, like designed to create another myth. <clears throat> is that idea like that the government has perpetrated all this phenomena as a disinformation campaign? That's what you're saying. Yeah, so he doesn't he doesn't particularly provide any explanation as to why because who honestly who would have a reason for why to do that? Um, I can think of a couple, but none I can of them sound particularly none of them sound particularly plausible. Mm-hmm. Like to distract from something else going on in like another area, maybe to keep you know the UFO community off of off of the trail of potentially real encounters. Who knows? That's like getting real conspiracy theory mindset for me. Even I'm not willing to go that far. Um, Jake, those who go further reach the stars, so go for it. Say what you want to say. Personally, I don't necessarily believe this one. So, Colm notes a few things. You're wrong. um, One, while a lot of the uh, phenomena would be particularly easy to fake for, for, you know, a potential organization with advanced technology... Um, the bulletproof wolf. We don't know of any technology that can that can do that. Yeah, hey, get the fuck out of here. That's just yeah. a straight up skinwalker. And he also he also notes, uh, he, he writes down specifically. I think one of the sentences in his book is, um, "What invisible soldier repeatedly slipped into Gwen Sherman's locked bathroom and removed her towel and hairbrush?" 
So that's something I didn't really talk about much. Uh, it was what? Like, so a lot of the times, while the poltergeist activity was happening while the Shermans lived on the on the uh, ranch, Gwen Sherman would often go get a shower and have her towel and hairbrush in the bathroom. She'd lock the bathroom door, and then when she'd get out of the shower, the uh, hairbrush and the towel were just gone. This happened a lot. So what he's basically so saying, what one of these poltergeists is, is just a straight predator. Well, just a pervert at the very least, but yeah. So basically, yeah, it needs to be like, stopped. He's like, he's saying, if if that is perpetrated by like invisible government soldiers, which is basically where this, where it's the only way they could think to explain the poltergeist activity, because, I mean, there were it did seem like there were certain things that were just invisible, like that, you know, the the mm -hmm. crazy invisible predator vision thing that came out of the of the woods and scared the meditating guy. Um, that thing was fucking crazy, <laughs> right? Like. If, if that's the type of technology they're working with, that means an invisible soldier would have had to, would have been stationed to just fuck with her toothbrush. That's a thing. Like, you just gotta, like, your assignment, Officer, Officer Sherwood, go into that fucking, uh, go into that bathroom, that locked go bathroom. Go into this locked bathroom where a woman's taking a shower and steal her towel. And steal her hairbrush and towel. And that's the... The great and her um, hairbrush. I forgot. Yep, this is this is what we've got highly trained special ops Navy SEALs for. Um, he's, he yeah. keeps grabbing it like every every other night. He's grabbing. It, he's like, "This is what I fucking signed up for." Are you kidding me? Are, are you I want to serve. Damn it! He's getting his college paid for. Wes, what do you mean? <laughs> anyway, that's so, a good point. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> if that's how I was getting my college paid for, I wouldn't. Dude, are you kidding I wouldn't me? care. Did you, did you I mean, the recruitment office is really missing out. Like, you get to move hairbrushes for a living. Here you go. Um. <laughs> So he also notes that the Utes have. <laughs> uh, he also notes that the Utes have long believed in strange happenings at the ranch, far longer than would be possible if it were truly the military. They have legends about the ranch mm -hmm. going back hundreds of years, and the the modern military-industrial yeah. complex really only formed in the 1940s. As so far it as we know, likely. Um. So, Wes, are you ready to get into the theory I personally believe? Am I? I think you are. So... Uh, I don't know. Hold on. Give me a second. Are you good? Nope. One second. What's going on? Nothing. All right. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Whatever. So... The theory that Colm seems to put forth as the most likely in his head, and the one I personally agree with, is other dimensions. So, Oh, completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the way this one goes is, basically, under the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics, um, every time there are two possible outcomes to a situation, there is a separate universe created for each of those outcomes. And we currently exist in one of these universes at any given time. But living <clears throat> parallel to us are other versions of us in these other universes. But because anything can happen over time, there are an infinite number of these other universes. And in some of them, maybe even the laws of physics that, as we know it, do not exist. So, yeah. basically, the idea is there could, in another dimension, be this very advanced civilization that has a way to go from one universe, theirs, to ours. 
And the idea is that Skinwalker Jake, Ranch is I have enough, possible uh, for this interdimensional travel. What's up? Jake, I have enough existential crises in a day. I don't think I need this added on. Can, this is this is a lot. This is the rest of the episode, Wes. Shit. All right, keep going. <laughs> so the idea goes that they would travel between these worlds through wormholes, which is kind of, kind of exact described exactly the same way as the structures in the sky that uh, Terry Sherman was describing earlier on, like the orange ones. As well as the um, the tunnel, the 3D tunnel that that being crawled out of. Um, he also brings up that potentially they could be time travelers, um, maybe from another dimension, maybe just just advanced technology. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that one. I don't. I don't know how I feel about the time travel. One I don't think the time traveler one. I I think it. I think I mentioned it with the Betty Andreessen, and it refers back to that tall ass horrifying creature with the portal. I I think it's multi-dimension personally yeah, i agree so one thing he does notice is note <clears throat> at least is that uh oftentimes our emotions have some sort of effect on the phenomena like when that guy meditated it seemed to bring that beast out and um some of the investigators are quoted in that's, the book as that saying, is what's up i was just saying that's really crazy because i believe that but when the one guy, when this, when you're like the hippie guy was being all calm and meditative, a giant creature, like predator, came out and roared in his face. Yeah. But then, you know, when they're all terrified, <laughs> shitting bricks, it's like it's perfectly fine with it. Yeah, which makes you think maybe it's trying to manipulate their emotions to evoke this fear or certain emotions for whatever purpose. Yeah. Um, I mean, oftentimes in, in when it gets in, off on when, it. Well, I don't know about that, but when uh, you can't say it isn't the reason because we don't I know. Hate you. Just shut up. Just please shut up. <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> All right. Okay. So oftentimes when when this kind of when consciousness and psychic and, and emotions are brought into things into kind of paranormal phenomena it's brought up in the idea that um our consciousness and our emotions kind of have an effect on the universe there's like a psychic this is gonna sound mm -hmm. crazy but like a psychic plane it's an energy and, yeah like an energy or something yeah yeah and the idea is that maybe maybe there are things that can feed off of this emotion and maybe there are things that want to manipulate this emotion <clears throat> and the idea is that like we can, through through meditation or other techniques, get our brain to higher levels of consciousness and higher planes of existence. And I don't know how much of that I believe, but the more I think about this story, the more I'm like, I might believe that. Because he, he notes in the book that, like, yeah, there are a lot of, like, shared – like, uh, when people go on DMT, like, our brain produces minimal amounts mm -hmm. of DMT – DMT, sorry um, – just regularly but if you take it oftentimes people will have like similar hallucinations to other people who take dmt uh, and one particular one is yeah. is like these mantis creatures that people will see and they'll feel like these mantis creatures they, yes they usually make them feel very calm but they feel like these mantis creatures are like feeding off of their emotions and that's dude i'm so there. glad you mentioned that yeah no i'm um, so glad you mentioned it because that's one that like 
I, I never would have found a way to connect that in. I'm so glad you did because that's a really creepy one. But See, when you talk about shared hallucinations, that's big. It kind of goes to the idea that maybe there are kind of higher dimensional beings that could feed off of emotions and shit. I mean, I don't know how much of that I believe, but you know what I mean. Um, so he also mentions that there's like an outer worlds theory, which basically suggests that mm -hmm. there could be either other dimensional or just extraterrestrial beings so advanced we have no idea. They're all around us and we have no idea. Uh, the analogy he uses to, to relate this to the audience is if there was an anthill and right next to it we built a 10-lane highway, would those ants ever know we were there? Like, in that scenario, are we the ants mm. and there's a 10-lane highway right next to us and we have no idea? Well, that... that I, I wanted to sleep tonight. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, he, he kind of suggests that maybe the phenomena itself is based on our consciousness and um, maybe another consciousness that can interact with ours. Um, he mentions that he and, and there was – it was floated by the Scientific Advisory Council of, the, of NIDS at one point that they might be dealing with a sentient precognitive intelligence. Basically, uh, it was alive – it could think, and it knew what was going to happen. Um, and it might have been provoking mm. and using mm -mm. their emotions for its own means. Um, All right. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in this week. That's, yeah. that's it. We're done. We're done. That's, that's, that's countless. Quick. Um, so, last thing I'd like to leave us with, I think, is what Colm thinks they could have done differently. So... Cole, in the book, okay. goes into how the scientists studying the phenomenon are thinking about it from a scientific perspective, but they should be thinking about it from an intelligence perspective. Quote, This intelligence approach to the problem was explained a few decades ago by Jacques Valli in his classic work, Messengers of Deception. In that book, Valli introduces a, quote, Major Murphy, who enunciates some of the basic principles and approaches that the NID staff agreed should be followed more closely in the Utah Ranch investigations. It is worth quoting the initial conversation between Vali and Major Murphy at length. Then he posed a question that, obvious as it seems, had not really occurred to me. We're, we're quoting this conversation, by the way. Yeah. Quote, what makes you think that UFOs are a scientific problem? End quote. I replied with something to the effect that a problem was only scientific in the way it was approached. But he would have none of that, and he began lecturing me. First, he said, science had certain rules. For example, it has to assume that the phenomena it is observing is natural in origin rather than artificial and possibly biased. Now, the UFO phenomena could be controlled by alien beings. Quote, if it is, added the major, quote, then the study of it doesn't belong in science. It belongs in intelligence, meaning counterespionage. Counterespionage, sorry. And that, <coughs> he pointed out, was his domain. Quote, now in the field of counterespionage, the rules are completely different, end quote. He drew a simple diagram in my notebook. You are a scientist. In science, there is no concept of the price of information. Suppose I gave you 95% of the data concerning a phenomenon. You're happy because you know 95% of the phenomenon. Not so in intelligence. If I get 95% of the data, I know this is the cheap part of the information. I still need the other 5%, but I have to pay a much higher price to get it. You see, Hitler had 95% of the information about the landing in Normandy, but he had the wrong 95%. Are you saying that the UFO data we use to compile statistics and to find patterns with computers are useless? I asked. 
Might we be spinning our magnetic tapes endlessly, discovering spurious laws? Quote, it all depends on how the team on the other side thinks. If they know what they're doing, there will be so many cutouts between you and them that you won't have the slightest chance of tracing your way to the truth, not by following up sightings and throwing them into a computer. They will be feeding you the information they want you to process. What is the only source of data about the UFO phenomena? It is the UFOs themselves. Some things were beginning to make a lot of sense. If you're right, what can I do? It seems that research on the phenomenon is hopeless, then. I might as well dump my computer into a river. Not necessarily, but you should try a different <laughs> approach. First, you should work entirely outside of the organized UFO groups. They are infiltrated by the same official agencies they are trying to influence, and they propagate any rumor anyone wants to have circulated. In intelligence circles, people like that are historical necessities. We call them useful idiots. When you've worked long enough for Uncle Sam, you know he is involved in a lot of strange things. The data these groups get are biased at the source, but they play a useful role. Second, you look for the irrational, the bizarre, the elements that do not fit. Have you ever felt that you were getting close to something that didn't seem to fit any rational pattern, yet gave you a strong impression that it was significant? And that, Wes, is where I think I will leave us. Very I mean, basically. look, that's, I think that's, I think that's the perfect way of looking at it, honestly. Agreed, agreed. Very basically, he is saying that the, the scientific method probably will not work on this, which, Wes, I'm a man of science myself. It definitely will that, not. If you told me that, I'd be like, you're fucking crazy. But now, it makes sense. No, I'm, tell I'm telling you, it absolutely won't. Think about it for, for a few seconds, and you're like, you know what? That You're right. That makes sense. Because if, if, if we're going on the idea that we are trying to observe a highly intelligent being or beings or whatever, you think that you're going to outsmart it with the information it's giving you? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. This whole book is crazy. Like, I left out everything that wasn't explicitly related to Skinwalker Ranch. But there is so much in this book where I was like, oh my god, that's fucking wild. Um, it is. It, it's insane. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. I think it's a great book, and I think it's worth, it's definitely worth a read. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm very glad that you took the time to read. Thank you for reading that. I I did not think I'd have the time for it, so I just didn't worry about it. I'm glad you did because the the real heart of the story is through that book, as yeah. we just as we just went over. It I is mean, there's fucking also, wild. There's also the History Channel show, which I don't want to watch, but we can watch it. We have to. I don't either, but it, if we needed to, it's there. Yeah, I mean... It's always there. Thanks, History Channel. It's always Channel. there. So, yeah, if you guys want to see us do an episode on the History Channel show, it might be a really short episode, because I doubt they found anything worthwhile, otherwise we would have seen it on the news, but... Yeah. That's why how I feel about a lot of it, is like, yeah. if you found something that I would be interested in, why have I not heard about it yet? Because yeah. the government's trying to silence them, Jake. Don't believe that shit. I, it would not surprise me at all to learn that, like, the History Channel was a major source of disinformation for, like, the military. Like, <laughs> I think that'd be fucking hilarious, if I'm being honest. It'd be hilarious, but, like, it would not surprise me at all if at some point we found out or someone leaked that, like, the stuff you see on the History Channel is deliberately 
broadcast and is like some like the people who come up with it are actively doing that to help the military. That channel used it would not to surprise teach me stuff. That. What did you say? I said the History Channel used to teach me stuff. Damn it. <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy. It's not fair. So yeah, that's uh, that's episode three of Skinwalker Ranch. Wes. Uh, fuck you. Yep, it's great. You I, I, I'm seriously, I'm very glad that you uh, you read it. Um, so breaking kayfabe for a second, I've been playing solitaire this whole time, and no. I got stuck real bad. I've been listening to everything you said, by the way. Like it was basically like a background action. Like I've heard, I've interacted purposely so you would know i heard everything you said and i thoroughly enjoyed it but i got stuck for a minute and oh my god i was i was getting worried i cannot believe do you i've never done anything like that during any of your episodes jake it kept me awake alert and invested oh my god i can't believe you've done this to me i th- i actually i legitimately listened to everything you said okay because I was like, I was like real I proud told of you, this I... episode. You, you should it be. It's like a great episode, Jake. One of the most interesting ones we've ever done. Maybe the most interesting one. I think it's our best. Yeah, it's our best researched by far. It is unfortunate. I could not find the name of... The name of what? Their son. I could not find the name oh. of their son. I thought we were back on that skinwalker shit. You're an asshole who used the the native fucking word for it. That was a good episode. I'm I'm very like I'm I'm gonna try and do my best to forget about that episode. But yeah, yeah. What's it? <laughs> All right, so what's what's also? Next I should mention Jake. Oh, um, next week is Mothman. I should mention, by the way, that every time I would start a new game with the solitaire, my ears, my eardrums would be blasted out by an ad for a solid five <laughs> seconds. So there were times when you were talking, and I just, just like, like Candy Crush would just start blaring in my ears. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is awful. I can't take my headphones off because you're talking to me. So I was like, ah, it was terrible. Oh man. Very good episode, though. Very, very good episode. I really enjoyed this. This is the first episode in a few weeks where I've been heavily invested. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's also pretty awesome. So, Mothman next week. Um, I'll be writing that one, I think. Unless you want to. You're more than welcome to write it. I just Uh, didn't know who's writing it. Absolutely not going to have time. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, then uh, I'll be writing Mothman. That'll be next week. Um, after that, depending on schedules, I want to do the Betty and in one. But if we need to, we can postpone that um, because October gets real fucking busy real quick. Yeah. So we'll see. Because um, I'd rather put out a good episode about a topic I didn't expect to do than do what I basically did with Skinwalker Ranch number one, fuck it up. So yeah, I, didn't, I don't think you fucked it up. You gave like an overview. No, I just. Really... I didn't say you fucked it. I up. think it was a lot less than we had in, intended. Well, yeah, but I mean, honestly, 
I, I kind of rushed you there. I kind of made you throw something together pretty, pretty fast. No, it's all right. It's all right. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's it. Was there anything else? Um, Worthwhile? Worth mentioning? No. Uh, um, half capital H, talent is capital T. Let us know if you want to see, if you, what you want to see. Uh, Facebook.com, half talent yep. pod. I, or podcast. Mm-hmm. Are you saying Twitter or Facebook? Because I think it's supposed to be Half Talents Podcast on both, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, also, you and I should, after this, talk about the gaming channel because I want to get that started up again. Uh, okay. What's it? That, that is yeah. of a, a top priority topic. Got it. You what are you doing? I'm just trying to trying to add the link. I'm trying to add the link to the page. Oh, are you trying to? Oh, I mean, I can't wait. I didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You gotta be fucking cool. kidding me. What? What? Solitaire. Yes! Yes! Eat my dick! I did it! I did it! Woohoo! Alright. That's a perfect way to end it, Jake. Yeah, is... I think that is the perfect way to end Woo! it. Woo! Did Solitaire. Congratulations. I did. I, I, Jake, I went through like 15 games over this past hour. Woo! Oh, man. That was good. That was. Alright. Twitter.com. Ow. Oh, wow. Jake, I can't hear you. Candy Crush is back at it again, dude. <laughs> oh my god. How long is this? Jake, there's a man saying sweet in my ear repeatedly. He just, he's, that's all he's doing. I'm very uncomfortable. All right, it's over. Anytime that, uh, anytime that that someone that the the, the you know the Candy Crush would do a, a crush, he would go sweet. I was like, ah. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. What's it? Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. Um, so Facebook.com, we are the page Half Talentless Podcast. Um, Twitter.com, half oh, sweet. H, talentless, right. capital T. Twitter.com slash half capital H, talentless, capital T. I don't hey, think you have to capitalize. Hey, Jake. What's up? Did you did you hear that buzzing? My phone was on vibrate and that's silent. No, I didn't um, hear it buzzing. Don't worry about it. Ever since I went on reddit.com r slash aliens, uh, it won't, they won't leave me alone, Jake. <laughs> they will not. Reddit keeps giving me notifications about the alien subreddit. I can't escape it, dude. Got it. Um, okay, well, I think I think that's where we should end it. Uh, let us know on either Facebook or Twitter what you want us to see. Or, sorry, what you want us to talk about, what you want to see from, from more episodes. 
Um, as always, twitter.com, half capital H, talentless capital T. Uh, Facebook.com, half talentless podcast, all separate words. I'm trying to, I'm really trying to find the link and I'll, I'll put it in there. We did podcast. Woo. Yeah. Um, Mothman next week. Let's go. Hopefully. Probably. Maybe. But yeah, I think that's it. You ready, Jake? All right, so uh, I've been Wes. I've been Jake. And this has been the Half Talentless Podcast. Oh.